Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by Michelob Ultra. 2.6 carbs in a bottle of Michelob Ultra. 96 calories. No taste, but honestly I don't really care. Beer tastes pretty yucky. So the fact that this beer tastes less like beer is pretty cool. Um, today, on the end, I started with um, I don't care, I'm not even gonna redo this. Johnny Bertoft is our guest today, just ate a protein bar so my mouth's all spitty, still not going to re-record this. Johnny is, uh, he's my brother. Uh, we have a really long conversation about robots and like automation in the future, uh, and if you can create consciousness at the beginning, but Johnny was kind of half asleep, and it's not really what we do on the anecdotal experience, so I'm only really putting the second half in. All you need to know is we're talking about human consciousness and robot consciousness, and then we get into thoughts and emotions and uh, how the human brain works. We're not scientists. Johnny's closer to a scientist than I am, but we're just two dudes talking about how we feel. Analyzing your emotions, your thought. What makes you tick? What a dumb question. Why do people say that? What, what like, makes you tick? That's my opening bumble line. So, like, what are you into? Like, what makes you tick? What are you passionate? I'm such a f boy. Let's do this. With my brother. The love of my life. Love of my life. And even, even from, even like, sometimes, dude, most of the things you've experienced in your life, you've forgotten, but we've written them to a database. We've written them down. We've stored them somewhere and we can go back to them and retrieve them. It works just like a brain. And sometimes it crashes. Sometimes there's too much. Sometimes it gets overwhelmed. It's, it's bizarre, man. But the, you're right. It's the most, it really is amazing. It's the most nuanced thing. You couldn't. If you really could break it down, you could look inside a brain and analyze it, and it's pro it's zeros and ones. But it's I don't know. It is it's proof there's a god. It really is. It's proof there is a god. The fact that you can't crack open someone's skull and reverse engineer it, you know. Yeah. No freaking way. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, it is one of those things like that's going to be the ultimate goal is to try to um, to try to recreate that. I don't think I don't think there's a chance that we ever get anywhere close. Well, something that could, but I do if, think if you could recreate something that feels would be the ultimate goal, right? Something because that's something as humans that we do and it's kind recreate, of recreate emotion. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that, and I don't, and I think just by the very nature of it, like, um, computer is like the most lot is like one hundred percent logical. There is no emotion, right? Um, and I don't because I think emotion is based on um, emotion is based on so many different things. You know, so many different like um, levels of different chemicals in your body. Um, and it doesn't make sense. It does. A lot of times emotions are completely nonsensical um, and irrational. Okay. And so, All right. yeah, you'd almost need like a random number generator in order to sort of like recreate, you know, an accurate representation of a human being's emotions. No, I disagree. I don't think that's true. I don't think emotions are completely arbitrary and random. I think you can... I, I think there is a base level of what every human being wants and needs, okay? And when those things are threatened or reaffirmed, that's when we experience emotion, all right? It's these, I think it's when these base level worries or desires are threatened or um, validated or we get to experience something that affects our emotions so however whatever you experience in your life it's like the hierarchy of needs right um however whatever experience you go through affect your hierarchy of needs 
is the equivalent uh, emotion that you experience. I do think there is a base level of need that is the that is why we experience emotion. That's why whatever God you believe in created you, and that's how you operate. is is a very on a very low level is operating to protect your hierarchy of needs. It's programmed in you. Yes. It, it, and it is programmed into you, but I think that it's it's to a point where it's so complicated. Like, you can tell, um, you could make a joke towards somebody, the same joke, tell it the same way, and you could tell it to a hundred different people, and you could get a hundred different reactions. Right. Because people's past experiences, people's just internal um thoughts and feelings toward a particular subject. Um, there is, there are so many factors that go into human emotion. Um, well, how do you, I don't think you, I don't think, I don't think you could recreate it accurately. I don't think that you could, I don't think that you could take evidence, external evidence, watch somebody their entire life you know, record their reactions to every situation they ever have and then come up with a system that's able to reproduce exactly what emotion they're going to demonstrate in future interactions. I think you could get pretty close. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, even from this. Even I don't from, think so. Okay, I, all right, I, I can tell. All right, so do you, when you feel... When you feel emotions, when you feel happiness, when you feel insecurity, when you feel sadness, do you look inward and say, what's actually happening here? Why am I getting this biological sense of sadness? Why am I getting this biological sense of joy right now in this moment? Well, never, because that's not that's not the way emotions work. They just are sort of there. Right, they're sort the- of like, they're just sort of subconsciously there and they affect your but logical you know, side of okay but all right here i've i've noticed this i'm not ah, man you know what i'm a cool guy and i think a lot and i think i'm pretty smart i'm just gonna say that i'm not gonna apologize for saying that i'm an analytical yeah, dude, person don't apologize for being so dang smart i'm not dude. i'm a smarty whatever but i That's do sad, i try to do that i try to look inward Every time I feel a strong emotion that tends to affect my life, I look, I'm like, what is going on here? Why am I sad? Why am I incapable of doing anything right now? Why am I anxious? Why did I just get a sudden rush of anxiety uh, in hyper insecurity? Or why am I experiencing joy? Why do I feel overly hopeful? And I'll try to break that down and figure out what's actually happening to me. And I'm usually I can figure it out. And a lot of times I can figure it out, but I still feel the emotion. I still feel if it's a negative emotion, let's say fear. I'll still know why I'm afraid, you know, but I'll still be afraid. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I don't like if you had. If you had a computer. And it wants like it feels you can make it have display evidence of fear. Yeah. But if that computer's desire is to get rid of that fear, I don't think the computer will have the ability to understand the idea of not being able to dispel that fear, even though that's all it wants to do. All it wants to do is like lower its heart rate and talk like a normal human being and not stutter and not skip over its words and not have, you know, a dry mouth. Right. Um, because a computer can do whatever it wants. It's not really affected by emotion. So I don't, that's why I don't think you can ever create that because a computer doesn't have the same biological makeup as a human being. Okay. No, we, so I don't think, I disagree. We program computers to to express express emotion. We program computers to fear, and we program computers to protect themselves. I know because we program computers. If it reaches, um, if it reaches too much, like if there's a memory leakage, you know, and we're dropping memory, 
the computer will warn you. It'll show red log messages if a computer is, uh, you know what I mean? So it's it does, or if like a database is full, we'll throw error messages. If a computer receives a response that it's not supposed to and doesn't know what to do with it, a computer will, we've, we've designed them to, I'm just gonna call them emotion. Let's just say an error message, a red error message or a fatal error message. We program that into computers to protect themselves and to protect its processes. That was one thing I thought, because someone said to me, but yeah, a computer can't express emotion. We don't do that. We don't program computers. Cause like, no, computers can be threatened and computers can, are vulnerable to just shutting down and breaking, you know? So we program these emotions. I'm just saying this is possible. We, by God, we're programmed to protect ourselves. You know, we're programmed with these biological responses. If we're, if we're exactly. being chased by a bear, we will shit our pants so we can run faster. That's what our body does. So this is the equivalent, like we are gods in the computer, in the computer world, you know what I mean? Us as human beings, we are designing, and just any sort of engineering, we're designing things to protect themselves, just like God did. It's very bizarre, man. Yeah, no, that, that would be, but I, I'd also wonder if a computer, so I guess, and I guess I do see your point. Like if, if God programmed us to protect ourselves, to, um, you know, follow our instincts, if we give that to a computer, can we, can we say that if it feels fear, just because it's programmed to feel a certain way, is that not a true emotion? Is that a artificial emotion? I don't know. I, um, I would probably venture to say, yeah, because I think that I think that only God is able to. I think that God is only the only one that's able to create that authenticity of um, those true those true fears and those true emotions. Um, yeah, because you know, before before there were human beings, it was nothing. You know, there was absolutely nothing. And our machine is just trying to replicate a machine that's already here. It's not an original machine. It's not even an original idea. Because God has already come up with the idea. And we're just trying to, you know, recreate it. Right. We're uh, trying to design, like in Westworld, we're trying to design ourselves. We're trying to... Yeah, we're... Right, like reverse and we're not even we're not trying to reverse and it's impossible it's impossible to like crack one of us open and break it and try to reassemble it it's you know you can't do it yeah yeah you're not gonna try to you're not gonna try to like make tissue that you can program because i remember for a long time they were trying to um they were trying to wipe dna and they were trying to use actual strands of DNA as um, like hard disk space, like turning DNA into zeros and ones, but making an even more complicated um, and more complicated set that maybe included more than just zeros and ones. So you could store like higher level of data. Right. The pieces, Um, the pieces are too small. The pieces, what we are made of are too small to comprehend. Yeah, is really what it breaks down to is you cannot break it down to its its pieces because they're just too microscopic. Um, so yeah, you're right. We are trying to. Well, okay. Let's go into this. Let's go into what we're doing on Earth and what we are as human beings. Let's mm-hmm. trans. That's more of an anecdotal experience episode. So, um. Because it's something I've been thinking about a lot is what because I, I, I'm anytime I'm experiencing anything now, I always try to take a step back and get some perspective and say, what's actually let me get out of my emotions for a second. All right. Let me try to look at it as a objective observer and say, and this was a tip I heard from someone on a podcast once. They say, oh, the human is scared. They'll, they'll, they'll look at themselves as 
the observer and they'll be looking at them and say, oh, the, oh, the, the human feels threatened. Oh, the human is experiencing joy. And I find this so helpful for me, but it does kind of dehumanize me to a degree because I'm really, when I really look at my emotions and my responses to it, it's really kind of boring because I can really figure them out and say, okay, let's take, I'll just give an example, okay? Let's say, all right, you've been in a circumstance where you're, you're a funny guy, right? Amongst your peers? Let's say. Okay, so you make a joke. You're at school uh, in the, in, you know, in a context of a group, a class or something, and you make a joke, right? And it doesn't land. People don't get it, and it's kind of awkward, all right? Yeah, I've been there. You're going to experience embarrassment and shame and insecurity, right? Right. Okay, and this is me. Maybe I'm projecting. You agree or not. And the reason you're experiencing that is because you feel valued by this group as being a funny, intelligent person And that's kind of your identity. That's the role you play. And you feel as though people value you because of your ability to make them laugh. And when you're not making them laugh or even making them uncomfortable with a joke that was supposed to make them laugh and didn't make them laugh, now you feel like, oh, I've lost my value to these people. Yeah, but... You can get embarrassed even if you don't, like, if people don't think you're funny and you tell a joke that doesn't land. Right, but it's not going to affect you as much because you're like, these people didn't even value me for that reason anyway. Sure, yeah. Or it shouldn't. Maybe you're just an insecure person that's seeking value and can't find it from anyone for any reason. Yeah, that, yeah, and those thoughts and feelings, they're they're predictable, but I don't think that, like, I think, and I think you take that situation and you apply it across the whole spectrum of, like, humanity, the difference is going to be incredibly varied between people's reactions to that, you know, Um, and you might be able to, you might be able to predict one person's emotions, but I don't think you're going to be able to predict any and every person's emotions. Right, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's different for everyone. For for instance, I noticed this with men and women, and I think this is one thing that really this is my opinion, but I think it really fucks up equality between men and women is that we value women on their beauty, um, which I think is wrong. I don't think we should value women on their beauty, but we constantly do it. You know, like we can make fun of a man for being fat. We can talk about fat guys. Like, oh, that guy's so fat. Or, oh, that guy's a, you know, he's a real, like, he's ugly. He's bald, you know. But for women, we can't do that. So men, men are valued because they're smart, because they're funny, because they're strong, right? These are the values of men. So you make fun of a man for not being beautiful. He's not affected. Okay, versus a woman, Mm -hmm. you make fun of a woman for not being beautiful. Then it's like you're you're a monster because you're saying, hey, hey, you can't say that to a woman because her role is to be beautiful. And if you call her ugly, then you're diminishing what she is as a female. So I feel like, well, I mean, we've kind of gone in a different direction, but I feel like we should make fun of women for being ugly, just like we make fun of men for being ugly. And it's kind of funny. You make fun of an ugly guy and it's like, ha ha, isn't that funny? Isn't this hilarious? And he's like, ha, yeah, you know what? Being cute's not my thing. I'm smart or I'm funny or I'm strong. Like like a guy who is self-deprecating and talks about how ugly he is. Yeah. People are more likely to be like, oh, this guy's funny. Like, you know, um, like when uh, Matthew Barry makes fun of himself, you know, the fancy football host. You know, he does it all the time, and it's funny. 
And, you know, um, where do you like think, he's not the greatest guy. Where do you think he gets I his self-worth from? Yeah, it's not it's not from his looks. No. Right? Exactly. But, um, but I do think whenever a girl makes self-deprecating humor, it is... I don't think it matters who it is. It's, I feel like most people get uncomfortable and feel like, I feel like I need to step in and tell her no, like that's not true. Right. You know, because yeah, because that's just, that's, that's the way society is. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree that there are some things that like, if you really want, if you really want true equality, some, there are a lot of social norms that have to like come down in order for that to happen. Um, Cause, but I, but again, there's not always going to be equality because you know, there are just, there are, there are physical differences between men and women. And right, things I know. that are I know. true, regardless of your standpoint, there are things that like a man in general is always going to be stronger than a woman in general. Um, you know, it's just, that's just testosterone. It's just, you know, the biological makeup of your gender. And, you know, to argue that is nonsensical. Yeah, Uh, I'm not going to, but I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I just think, I don't know. I think we should start trying. I, I, I personally I'm going to start trying to call things out like that. Like, oh, like, okay, think about all the Instagram models, right? It's, it's all these, and I don't even feel bad saying this, but it's like there's talentless people, like people with no talent, with nothing else to offer but showing like their ass cheeks, you know? Um, and I know this, this probably drives me nuts, it because I I want attention. I'm a, I'm aware enough to know that I'm envious of their attention, but I'm just calling it like I see it. There's this culture of like women showing their butt cheeks and putting inspirational quotes, like they've accomplished something, like they have this fan base because of any other reason than their beauty, you know. And I think it's toxic because I think women end up wanting that. They want followers. They want to be called beautiful. So I think in our society now, there's just this premium on being a pretty woman, you know, or being, I don't know. I, I would like to see more women say, you know, I don't really care about being beautiful. That's not really my thing. I want to be able to be valued because I'm intelligent. And I, I don't see that a lot. I feel like I see this if I'm a, I, I don't know. For me, I, I don't, it, it drives it drives me nuts because I, I think we're never gonna make any change if we keep telling women that their role in life is to be beautiful and being an ugly woman is not okay. Yeah, but I don't think, now there's something that I don't don't think will ever happen because of just 6,000 something years of humanity where you have men who are insanely visual by nature and you have women who um, men like to look at. Right. And that is just, I mean, again, that goes back to the biological makeup of our genders, you know, like we can't, men can't help that we're visible. And that that's, you know, as a generalization, that's what, um, that's what like our bias is towards is being visual. And, you know, women are created to be attractive to us. And so, um, there is always going to be that element of a man is going to give attention to a woman who is beautiful because that's just human nature. Um, yeah, but is that a woman's so lot in life to be desired by men? But also, also human nature is the path of least resistance. So like you were saying, you have, um, you have people who are beautiful. It doesn't take much to be beautiful. You're either born with it or you're not. Um, I mean, you can take measures to become more beautiful, 
you know, on the outside. Um, but yeah, in the end, that is the path of least resistance for a lot of people. Um, and that's human nature. And so that's, that's always going to be something like if, if somebody doesn't really have anything else, if all they are is beautiful, well, yeah, of course that's what they're going to do. Oh, right. Man. Cause that's the, that's the way they're going to get attention. Somebody that they're going to find, you know, right. their identity. Okay. You're right. And let's like, let's like break this down. Okay. I, you're totally right. And it's necessity. It's the learning. And it goes to, you can be people that are attractive their whole life. Okay. Um, usually aren't very enjoyable to be around. They don't have much personality. They don't have much perspective because they never had to learn any other way to be validated, you know? Yeah, they're very one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, because it's like why bon- I mean this. I mean this is not a. This is like a real like everyone knows. This is not groundbreaking theories, but it's it's definitely interesting to like see people where I'm like, oh, you've never had to be. Like people have always, you've always gotten validated. You've always kind of got. You've always you've gotten treated differently because of the way you look. Right. You've always, you've always had like a little bit of a crutch based on the way that you look, and life has been easier for you because life is just easier for pretty people. Yeah, because people wanna. I think people, people want to have sex with them. And if they're nice um, to them, they're gonna. I don't know. What is this? They're just, or is it just good to be around pretty people? No, I think. No, I. I think that like just being around attractive people is sort of like um, you want to surround yourself with attractive people because it's sort of the association principle, or like you know, you see somebody that's unattractive you know, and is, you know, it, like in, in sweatpants, their, maybe their hair is askew. Um, maybe they don't smell very good. And then you see somebody who's like very put together and is very attractive. Like you're going to just assume, like knowing nothing about that person, you're just going to assume certain things about them, whether or not they're true at all. Like you might be seen the most intelligent person on their worst day, you know, but you may also be seeing one of the dumbest people ever on their best day. And they just, they put themselves together for this one day and you may get a completely skewed perception of these two different people, but you're going to make assumptions on them based on their physical appearance. And so I think people just want to be around people that other people will associate with success, will associate with whatever. And they want to be, they want to surround people with themselves like that because then people just assume that they're successful because that is, that's human nature. You want to, you want to like surround yourself with confident, smart, intelligent, beautiful people because you can't really tell how intelligent somebody is just by looking at them. Yeah, no, I mean, you can. Dude, I honestly, I think, like, I can see a dumb person from a mile away. No, I've I've been wrong on that so many times. Yeah, okay, but, okay, at least, all right, when you first initially talk to them, all right? Also, a way a person carries themselves, okay? Um, And I've been wrong on this. You know, but I, I feel like there's a way a person looks and the way they even observe their surroundings that says a lot about them, you know? Yeah. Even the way you stand, the way you... I, I think a lot of times it comes down to, I can tell a lot about a person looking at them, just watching them and how they're observing people observe them. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm... uh, (laughs) I'm going to say that, you know what? I think you're completely wrong on this one, man. I probably am. But 
I don't. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm probably wrong, but do you understand no. what I'm probably? I, I, you get, I get where you're leaving. You get, get where you're going with that. Where you're saying like, if somebody just like looks, um, just like astounded at everything around them, you're gonna think that they're, you know, not as intelligent. Not necessarily. If somebody like, no. You if know, somebody looks comfortable in their environment. You're gonna think that they're more intelligent, dude. That's actually that's not, right. I okay, no, I think that people, people that, I, I think people, there's something about people that look around at people to see people's reaction to them. That's a bad sign. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think, but that's just that might just be insecurity, not necessarily intelligence. No, I, I didn't. I do. I think. I don't know. I think there's the type of people that look at other people to observe them. And then there are the people that are completely in their own world and aren't observing anyone, are just completely oblivious to everything that's going on that isn't a part of their life. And then there are people that are observing people to see how they're being, they're being perceived. Do you know what I'm saying? There's the narcissist, the people that are like, "How is everyone experiencing me?" And then there's the person that says, how am I, what's going on with this motherfucker over here? He's crazy. And then there's a person that's like, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm looking for a sandwich, you know, and no one else matters. Right, but like, but like there are, there are some incredibly intelligent narcissists and there's some incredibly stupid narcissists. Yeah. Well. And what's intelligence, right? I'm, I'm talking like EQ. I'm talking about a I, that's one thing I've noticed is people's ability to perceive what's the interactions they're having with people and how they're being perceived and also being able to like observe interactions between people that aren't them, watch two people have a conversation and be able to understand how exactly the two people they're listening to feel about each other. Yeah, and I think really more what you're talking about is emotional intelligence or like that's empathy. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about like a SAT but I think that's very different. I'm talking EQ. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Which I think is yeah, more important. Yes, exactly. And I think that's uh, one of the biggest things that separates us from the machines. Right. Is our, uh, yes, our ability to perceive. And it's really like a ingestion. Ingestion of... Right, and our, our ability to kind of get behind somebody else's experience without actually being in their situation. Right. Right. I do. Yeah. I think that's, that's it. And to be, (laughs) but what? No, I, 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 again, I don't think you're ever going to be able to get a machine that, that is capable of doing that. Yeah, I don't even care about machines anymore. I think this is. But yeah, but yeah, we're looking at human beings as machines, you know. Yeah, is that why you liked Ex Machina so much? Yeah, no, I do. Like, I mean, yeah, it was good because she she disconnects. You know, she says it's it's her. She's a she's a for all intents and purposes, she's a human being, but she doesn't have emotions. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have a soul. Right. She can experience pain and discomfort, and that's what she tries to avoid. You know, um, is pain and discomfort. Yeah. Exactly, man. What? How do you value yourself? What are like? Who is Johnny Bertov? What? What can I make fun of you for that you would be like, hey, don't, don't knock it off. How do you value yourself? Are you a smart guy? Are you a funny guy? Are you a handsome guy? Oh man, how do I value myself? Um, I think number one, um, I value my I value myself in terms of um how God sees me, and I know that that's this is kind of like the cliche like Christian answer that I know that you're not going to like. Um, but I think that's what's so important is to place your value in Christ 
and how he sees you. Because yeah, people can people can knock at all the other stuff that you have, and um, and I'm not and I'm not completely there. It's like it's something that I keep trying to do, um, but that I think I have to say is number one. Um, is that, is what is that my relationship like? with Christ? And I think if so, I think if you, what does Christ want you to? But be? That's what does God want you to? But to, that's something. To break that down, like in a sense, right? But what I'm saying is that's something that you can't touch. That's that, and that's the beauty of it. Well, what do you, you see can't? Well, I mean, you can't. You no one can come and tell me, oh, you don't have this relationship with Christ. Oh, you're not a Christian, or because it's like, mm, you know what? Like, you you can't know that. The only person that can know my relationship with Christ and me is me and God, and that's it. Like. You can't say anything about that. You can't take that away from me. Um, but the things that you can take away from me, um, the well, things that wait, I'm trying I to... Wait, I, I want to know this, but I also want to know, if it's not too personal, what type of behaviors... Um, what type of behaviors or sentiments do you feel as though um, affect how you're perceived by God? Um, well, that, well, that's the beauty is, um, I don't, there are things where, there are things where like, I will feel like, okay, so if I am not reading my Bible every night, if I'm not continually in prayer, if I'm not active in ministry and helping the church, sometimes I can get the false idea that, God isn't as close to me, but that's not true um, because God always will love me and will always love me the same, no matter what I do, because he's already forgiven my sins. Um, and I can't do anything to make God love me anymore. Okay. Um, well, what are your second, so, what are your second, what are your second tier? Uh, what's your second tier identity? What are things so my second that you don't so like things that, that you, I know I can right. poke fun of you about, obviously I'm not going to like poke fun of you and your relationship with God. Cause I'm not a psycho. Um, but what, what could, yeah, what could yeah, get under your me. skin? Okay. So again, the other things are the things that I'm trying to give over to the Lord because they are things that can affect me. And again, again, it's like, I want to give them over, but for some reason, just like that sense of fear, I can't, um, but I'm trying to, um, I think, and it's just like, this is something that always is a challenge every day, but I think it's, um, I want people to think that I'm smart. Um, I want, um, but that's the thing is like with my, with my clinical that I'm doing in school, like I'm constantly, I've got people constantly asking me questions and some people, some people will eat up everything that I have to say. And they'll just be like, yes, like everything you say is gold. I love everything you say. Please tell me more. Please tell me as much information as you possibly can. But then we'll have those people that really press me on everything. And they're like, well, why are you doing this? Or like, what's the reason for this? Or I don't think this is correct. Tell me why this is correct. And those are the times where I'm like, oh man, like I want this person, this patient of mine to think that I know what I'm doing and know that I'm smart. And I don't want them to have any inkling that I'm not smart. And I, I think the thing that I fight the most is when I realize in those instances where I am wrong, being willing to admit that I'm wrong is the hardest thing because I have to admit that I didn't know everything. Right. And getting into those situations where like, it's just, and this is again, this stupid human emotion where you can't, you can't get past it is okay. I've, like, I'm wrong. 
and I know I'm wrong, but now I'm committed to this because I stuck it out. And I'm going to look even dumber now if I go back and say I was wrong. Yeah, it's your ego. But originally, yeah, and it's just, yeah, and it's the thing that's so crazy you have to battle because it's like, no, I have to put my ego aside for the benefit of the patient. And that is the thing that I, I think I battle is I, and I have to do that. If I want to be a good clinician, I have to be able to put my ego aside and say, no, it's not about me. It's with the patient. Yeah, that is very interesting. And that is a very common sentiment I hear from a for I, I actually don't hear from a lot of people, but I'm the same way, man. It's I get that all the time of admitting that I could be wrong or or just learning to say, hey, maybe in this situation I made a mistake and the for the greater good is to just own it and say, let's move forward and get this thing back on track, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that extends to, but I think that extends to things that aren't even necessarily medical or medical, medically related, you know, it can be any, any other aspect of life for sure. Where you are wrong and you're just, you have to put it aside because in the end you're going to look like an even bigger fool. And all you have to do is just admit that you were wrong up front and mistaken and then you know move on yeah man i've i've been in that situation a lot and i try to i i've, I've actually learned okay in professionally and in you know artistically in any sort of situation uh, i've learned to handle criticism better and learned to, it, it's really a self-confidence thing once you achieve that real level of self-confidence to say i know what i am i know what i'm good at i know what i'm not good at um and i'm not here to protect like to protect my ego i'm here to learn and get better you know i think that's really when you can really start to make huge strides in whatever you're doing is when you say when you become very aware of what i'm good at i know what i'm good at I know what I'm bad at, and I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes. I'm just here to learn. Yeah, and I think, and I got to go, but I will kind of close with this, is that I think the biggest part of maturing as a human being is removing the focus on what you do know and putting the focus on what you don't know and realizing how little it is that you actually know and trying as best as you can to know more and not try to impress people with what little you do know. That is, that's what's up, dude. That's, that can pertain to a lot of stuff too. Cause I feel like everyone's even, even from the standpoint of people always got their mouth open, ready to talk about themselves. You know, it's like, what can I tell these people to make them think more of me? But someone that's really mature is going to say, you know what? I'm just going to shut up because I just want to listen. I just want to see what I can get from all these people. You know, what do they got to offer me? Rather than look at be like, I got to make sure these people know how dope I am. Right, because your pursuit should be to know more and acquire more knowledge and you can't do that if you don't stop talking (laughs) yeah it's it's exhausting too like protecting your ego and and all that is exhausting and it's not it's not a way to live man (laughs) it sure isn't yeah and i and i wish that i wish that i was better at like giving that up well, I mean, you know what, dude? I think being I think being self-aware of how much of an idiot you sound like when you're boasting or when you're trying to come off as smart and be Mr. Smarty Pants, I think at least I know how many times I've just sat in my bed and thinking, "Wow, I was an idiot because I wanted I interrupted that person to tell them that I'd been to the place that they were about to talk about." I felt the need 
to tell them, oh, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I went there like for a week. Yeah, it was cool. I've been there. And I'm, you know, <laughs> and it's it's to yeah. me now, I'm like, you know what? Nobody thinks you're cool because you went to France, man. People go to France. Doesn't make you cool. Yeah. People are born in France. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny how it's like somebody says something that resonates with you and you're like, oh, I need them to know. I need them to know that I know, too, that what they're saying isn't as cool as they think it is yeah. because I have also experienced it. <laughs> Why do we do that? Why do we do that to everyone? Why do we? Like when, like, like when you see something on Reddit and somebody tells you about it and then you're like, yeah, I saw that already. Yeah, I saw it. No, I, I totally saw it. So what you're going to say, just stop saying because I already saw it. You know? What is that <laughs> instinct? We don't want people to, like, experience. We just, like, no, I, I'm better than you. I've been there. I know that. I know. Like, what is? We're babies, man. We don't, I feel like it's the idea that we don't want to admit that we've learned something from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, like, it's the idea that, like, no, I know. Like, I know that. I already knew that. I've known that. Yeah, it's like, like I'm better than you. It's like, yeah, no, 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 I I knew that and not only did I know that, I also didn't even I didn't even think it was cool enough to feel the need to tell you like you're telling me. Yeah, so yeah, almost sort of like degrading somebody in a way saying like, yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised that you even are thinking of sharing this with me because this is old news, buddy. Dude, how cool is it though if you if okay, if someone comes up to you and says, oh, dude, you see this, blah, 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 did you read about that? And you just go ahead and you, or they don't even say that. They just say, they start talking to you about this story or news story that they read. You've already read about it. And you just kind of let them indulge you, right? You just kind of say, oh, that's wow, that's interesting. Oh, cool. And then someone else comes up to you with that person there and says, yeah, you know how we were talking about that thing that we read earlier? How... Like, how dope do you look to have the self-control to just let a person inform you, you know? How mature do you look just to make, oh, you already knew that? I was like, yeah, no, but I thought I might be able to learn something from you and the way you experienced it. Yeah, and we were, um, I forget who I was talking about this with, but I was talking about somebody else. We're like, if you let something, like if you're really good at something, and you let it organically come about um, to the point to where, like, you don't, like, volunteer how good you are at something, but somehow it comes out and somebody finds out. It makes you look awesome because then people are like, oh, my goodness, what other stuff are they really good at? But yeah. they just don't they just don't talk about it. Like that dude's you been know? to France, but he doesn't even feel like it's a big deal. Yes, because he didn't even volunteer that he has been to all those places that I was talking about, you know, and yeah, exactly. Because if you volunteer something, you're like, oh, 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 I haven't done many things in my life or I haven't I'm not very good at many things. So I need you to know that this is actually one of the things that I'm good at. Yeah. You know, it just kind of shows, Okay, yeah, you're not really that interesting or you don't have you're not that good at many things you're not that intelligent or you're, you know what i mean and you're sort of volunteering that okay like something you're saying is falling into my limited scope of knowledge right and now i'm really excited i get to talk about it yeah <laughs> it's the uh yeah. act dude act like you've been there before man <laughs> act like yeah, you know what you, i mean just like yeah. Just be cool for a second, you know? You hate it, you hate it when people celebrate touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do. I feel like there are times when people are like, really, when people really start feeling themselves, I'm just like, oh, this is big for you. You're having a moment right now. Like, this is one of the, you know, like, dude, yeah. Peyton Manning throws a touch. I'm bringing it back to Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Like, okay, Bill Belichick. 
when he won the last Super Bowl he won, he just got up on that podium or the, uh, you know, that riser they have out there for him. And he just kind of like posted up in the spot that he normally does. He looked so comfortable. He just like, yeah, I usually just kind of lean up here and hang out. I was like, dude, that's a damn champion right there. A guy that's just like, yeah. Just go to my spot, wait till it's over. I'm like, that dude has seen it before. He's just kind of like, yep, another one. That's something where I'm like, that's a, that's a true professional, a guy that's like, yep, this is kind of what I do, is win Super Bowls. Like, Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't grabbed the mic and go like, hey, yeah, actually we won um, four Super Bowls before this. No. <laughs> He's just like, y'all know who I am. You've seen me up here before. Uh, You know, this is what we do. We're the New England Patriots. Everyone hates us because we're good at what we do. And they aren't as good. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, you know what? I think that's a good note to end on. New England Patriots, (laughs) greatest in the world. All right. I'm glad you woke up by the end of this. Um you weren't making your sleepy noises during the whole thing. Oh, was I making sleepy noises? I'm sorry. Thanks for waking up and doing this podcast, man. Yes, at least I wasn't making those awful scuffing noises, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate that, man. I hope you know for like the the next foreseeable future, every time you call me, I'm just going to make like intentionally longer and louder scuffing noises. What's new, man? Just to like, just to like emphasize that I remember and I'm still hurt that you say that. You're going to forget and you're going to do that anyway. <laughs> so whether you remember this conversation or forget it, you're still going to call me and act like I called you every time. So yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate this. Um, be out on, you don't care. Thanks a lot, man. You got anything to plug? You got uh, any comedy shows coming up? I sure don't, man. All right, good. Don't do comedy. Uh, all right, see you <laughs> later. Uh, be safe. Drive safe. Love you. Love you, man. All right, peace. Uh.